0: Born and raised in the motherland Chasing a better life Story of an immigrant Concrete Pastures Concrete Pastures Hello everyone, welcome back to Concrete Pastures My name is Nancy Mulemwasisi. I am so excited to be here today. I can't wait to dive into the next episode with you. If this is your first time joining me, welcome and thank you. Concrete Pastures is a platform for us immigrants, for us dreamers, anywhere in the world to share insight on what it's like to be an immigrant. If you'd like to be part of the show, you'd like to be part of the podcast, please Feel free, DM me on Facebook, DM me on Instagram. I promise I'll get back to you. On today's episode, if you're one of the lucky ones in your country uh, that has an amazing job, my advice to you, think twice before you give in that resignation. Before you leave everything that you know, family, your friends, in some cases, husbands, wives, boyfriends your culture your community just have something concrete that you're coming into instead of just living blindly like I did but I'm not here to discourage anybody if you want to dive in feet first like I did uh, come in blindly but I want to let you know that it's not an easy road whether you come in with the green card or work permit or work visa Whatever that permits you to, you know, to find employment in the U.S. It's not easy looking for employment. So I arrived in New York from Zambia November 2nd, 2002. And after uh, adjusting, uh, a week of adjusting to the weather, let me tell you, November is one of the coldest months in America, New York. It's super cold. And coming from a warm environment where I came from, uh, it was a wake-up call for me. It was I didn't I didn't anticipate how I was going to be feeling with the cold weather. I'm always cold. Uh, it's almost 20 years of being here. I still haven't gotten used to the cold weather. Just putting it out there. After adjusting to everything, the food, the environment itself. Uh, for a week, the time difference also, we have seven-hour difference between Zambia and New York and, uh, in, in the fall. And then I think in spring, it's six-hour difference, I, um, I believe. So after adjusting to all of that, I, uh, I hit the ground running. I was fortunate enough to have uh, my, my aunt here. That's who received me. And she introduced me to um, an employment agency in Port Washington. And we went there every single day for potential employers uh, that were calling in and also coming in. I would go there for the next uh, two weeks. I went there every single day with no luck. And on the third week, I had a potential employer that called in and she wanted me to meet her in Cedarhurst, Long Island. I was still fairly new to the country and right away I got nervous to going to Cedarhurst. It was an hour uh, train ride to go from where I from where I was to go to Cedarhurst. And I didn't know where I was going. I got on the train, luckily I found my way there and when I got there my employer was interviewing me from the minute I got in the car. Asked me about any history of me babysitting. I had no history of babysitting at all, except maybe watching my little cousin um, back home. And that was it. And I I never had a job ever in my life. This was the first time I was ever looking for employment. So... (laughs) When she was asking me all these interview questions, do you know how to use Windex? I just put two and two together. She's talking about Wind, Windex, Windows, maybe shes uh, that's what she's saying. So I put two and two together. I was like, okay, I do know how to use Windex. But in my head, that was not true. So we got to the house. She introduced me to the kids. She showed me uh, around in the house. This job was for being a nanny and a housekeeper uh, for her. And then we drove back to the train station. On our way to the train station, uh, prior to me going to see the, the potential employer, I told the representative at the agency that I did not have enough money to travel to go to Cedarhurst. So the representative told me, no, don't worry about it. The lady is going to give you uh, money back. We already spoke to her about it. Uh, she knows about it. She'll give you transportation back, uh, money back. I was like, okay, no problem. So in the car, on our way to the train station, uh, I asked the potential employer that, um, you know, I don't have enough. And I believe the representative at the agency did speak to you about uh, me not having enough money going back home or to back to the agency. She tells me, nobody ever gave me money whenever I went for an interview. I mean, I get it now, having been here for a long time. But at the time, I did not understand it because this was something that was discussed. I trusted the people from the agency that they would not tell me something that was not true. And then with her, um, she told me, no, nobody gives me money for going for an interview, which I completely get today. Back then... I just started, I looked at her, I didn't say anything after she said that. I came out of the car when we were at the train station, and as soon as I stepped foot on the ground, my eyes just started bowling. I started to cry, because I didn't know what was next for me. I didn't know um, how I was going to get home. I didn't know how to walk from Cedarhurst to the Bronx. I, don't even know, I didn't even know what direction uh, to walk to get to the Bronx. And my aunt was out to her job. She was working five days a week uh, for a living job that she was doing. She was a nanny, I think to, to one kid, but we didn't have cell phones at the time. So I couldn't call her. And then... Uh, my other aunt was also at her job I didn't know how to call her either uh, We didn't exchange no no phone numbers for us to call We didn't anticipate anything like emergency or anything in any case Something could have happened to either one of us in, uh, at our jobs or me being at home Nobody would know until when they came back so I stayed at the train station waiting for someone to help me. I saw someone, um, one, of, uh, one girl came, she stopped her car by the train station. I walked right to her. I asked her if she could help me. Um, I was still crying at the time and she just looked at me like I was crazy to ask her for money, which I understand she could have thought of, of a lot of things at the time of me knowing what I know now, but, um, I went back into the train station. Um, I sat there praying to God to give me, to to have somebody help me somehow, asking for God's help. I, at at that time, I just thought of my mom. Like, I started to appreciate the life I was having, I had at home, and um, if this is how America was starting for me, this was terrible. In my head, I I was just going all kinds of places in my head. And before long, I saw a gentleman uh, walk by and I went straight to him. Before I could even finish my sentence of asking for money from him, he right away gave me $10. And I thanked him and almost instantly, like the person just left. He was just like the person that was sent to give me what I was supposed to be given and... He left. Um, I got on the train, found my way. I was done looking for a job for for a job that day. I was uh, in, a, in, a, in a in not in a good space to go for another interview for anything. So I was just like, let me go home. I went home. When I got to the door, I mean, when it rains, it pours, right? So <laughs> I got to the door. Uh, the kids that were working for the past three weeks, they were working. The kids. I got to the door, tried to open the door. The door was not open. I tried so many times. Then uh, in the end, I just sat down in front of the door. This was, luckily enough, it was inside the building. So I, I wasn't cold or anything. So I'm sitting in front of the door. And I just start to think of the whole day, what had transpired and just talking to god of what what lessons am i supposed to learn from here with this whole situation that was happening to me because i went for a job interview i don't think it went well i'm home now i cannot open the door i was almost not able to make it home what lessons am i learning into this this is a new country i don't have friends Uh, Luckily enough, I'm blessed enough to have my aunt here, my two aunts, actually. But what's going on? So I start to pray, uh, which is my go-to for anything. um, that If I'm going through something, um, if I have the energy to it, I talk to God. I pray every single time. However, uh, I was also trying to analyze what lessons I'm learning through this. So, I think and I believe that that day told me many things. I learned that in order for me to survive this country, I needed to have thick skin for what was to come. I needed to remain grounded in my faith and to remember to always reach out to God, no matter what came my way. My experience that day humbled me, and I got I got to truly appreciate where I came from. I appreciated my mother a lot, even more, for the life that she had given me. And the next day, after what had happened, eventually the door opened. And um, the next day, I don't know what it is, my mom called me and she was like, How are things going? So I told my mom, um, everything was going okay. That was a lie. But, you know, being a mother now, I know different voices of my daughter. My, My son is too young. He's two years old. So my daughter, I know her voices of, I'm okay. And even when she says she's okay, but she's not okay. So I know the tone in her voice. And my mom knew that with me. So when I told her I was okay, she's like, you know, you still have that return ticket. You can always come back home. And for me, going back home was not an option. I think it was more like failing myself because I'd made this decision. I respect my mom for being protective. And also I respect her for allowing me to go through my journey on my own, giving me the choice. You you have the ticket just in case, you know. You want to come back home, you can still come back home. But she also, like, that will be your decision to make if you ever want to come back home. And I respect that, and I appreciate my mother for respecting my journey. But I like that I stayed to see what was to come for myself, even though it wasn't easy. It was the beginning of what was to come for me. Uh, in a way. And uh, I was excited to, to see what was to come from for me. That's all I have for you on today's episode. As always, I'm going to leave you with an African proverb. Once you carry your own water, you'll remember every drop something to truly think about. I'll see you next time. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends tag me on your social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming. Born and raised in the motherland